It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. Welcome back to Tech Talk. You've got us on Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3. Dot com. It is time for the juice. Today's top headlines. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Brennan Riker behind the glass taking care of us. Uh, and we'll start with uh, what's on the airwaves tonight. You have the first edition ever of Red Raider basketball with Grant McCaslin. That's a six o'clock start right after us here on Double T 97.3. They're about to start Big 12 play at Texas on Saturday. Speaking of of games against Texas. It did not go the way of the Lady Raiders last night. They fell 74-47. to They were down pretty big early. Uh, it is their first conference loss, 1-1 one one now, after starting the year, uh, or after starting conference play, that is, with a win over Houston. But this was certainly the biggest test uh, that they've had all year. Uh, and they struggled a little bit last night. They'll take on Kansas uh, on Saturday as well, one thirty. Start time for 107.7 Yes FM at home. Uh, we go to the NFL and a little bit of a, I guess, news wrap up from something that was floating around yesterday. Is Tyreek Hill, wide receiver for the Dolphins, was caught at practice um, when his house was on fire. $6.9 million home owned by Hill. Uh, and the news today was to figure out what started it, and that was by a child playing with a cigarette lighter in a bedroom uh, that started it. I mean, scary situation there. Yeah, it sure is. That's too bad. I, I hadn't seen that. I knew about the fire. I hadn't seen what the, they knew what caused it. That's tough. I don't think anyone was hurt, so that's the, the good yeah. news from it. But, yeah. Uh, how about this? A uh, transfer portal entry, pretty big one today from Ole Miss running back, Quinshawn Judkins. That is an all-SEC running back. He's been named that twice. And if you'll remember, uh, there was a pretty good running back from TCU that went over there uh, in Zach Evans that got beat out by Quinshawn Judkins and really took over that role. Uh, He's got 2,723 yards rushing and 31 touchdowns in two seasons. Uh, he was a big part of an Ole Miss roster that looked like they were going to be, and, st- and still are, but a-, a really good spot to make next year's 12-team playoff. But this is a really big dent. And all of a sudden, uh, with you know, you, you would think with the portal closing, some of these names are going to stop popping up. But you, you do the thing where if you get your paperwork in, um, you know, you're not a graduate chan- transfer, but you get your paperwork in, um, the announcement doesn't have to come by the time that window closes. Um, but this is certainly a huge one where a big time running back is now on the market. Yeah. And it's, it's fascinating to see someone, you know, this is the level of player that getting into the portal kind of makes me cringe because, you know, it's, it's, uh, and he's played on an 11 and two team. He's been highly productive. You know, it surely, surely appears to be a guy that's seeking, you know, just the free agent opportunities that are available as opposed to, you know, someone who's looking for a little playing, more playing time or trying to 
step up and you know establish themselves at D1 or something like that. I mean, it's not really what everybody had in mind, but hey, it is what it is. I mean, we talked yesterday about the free agency feel of the transfer portal because yeah. because it, it, it's what it is, um, and you get at this point in the season and like Alabama, right? You had a a ton. Uh, at one point, it, w- it was nine names. Uh, that had entered the transfer portal and you know their center was a, a big one that was their receiver had entered was a big one but that, that made sense right because they were playing in a playoff game um, and then they entered and I'm not saying it makes sense for reasons or whatever because who knows when you get into each and every one uh, of those kids and it's never just one reason but you certainly sometimes have one that seems feels like a leader in the clubhouse um, but this one I, I don't know I, I'm not exactly over in Grove Circle or you know, Ole Miss territory, but this one felt like as down to the wire as it was and as big of a name and as good of a player as he is, boy, felt about as out of the blue uh, as possible, no pun intended, to the Rebels. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. No, I, I agree with you. From the outside looking in, it's not a good look. You know, just, you know, but it, it's also, I mean, th- this is just the, this is just the normal course of business these days. I mean, it really is, and that's not to say that it's. I mean, it feels rampant, but you know, I mean, this this would be. I mean, I, I don't know. This would be a bigger transfer than anyone, any of the our guys leaving. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but yeah, he he, uh, you know, and, and this is obviously a guy that Tech played in a bowl game. Yeah, two, you want a year? I want to call it two years ago, two seasons ago, but thirteen months ago, I guess. Um, yeah, good player. Probably, I mean, because you would think that if he's leaving Ole Miss, that the the level of program that he's, I mean, there may be just be an, a highest bidder aspect to it, and I I can understand that, but um, you know that it may just be him, you know, either he's really wanting to win at the highest level or someplace that maybe he feels is going to feature him more or just more cash. I I don't know. I mean, but th- that's. You know, does he want to go somewhere where he thinks he can win a Heisman or a national championship or whoever's going to pay the most? I don't, I don't know. And I don't know enough about him to know how he is viewed as an NFL prospect. You know, mm-hmm. if this time next year he's going to be a second-round pick or a first-round pick or if maybe he's a little bit slower 40 time, you know, and got some issues like that, I, I just don't know. And, and you would think as running backs go, that's a position that's certainly been devalued rapidly. Um, in the NFL, uh, you would think though, whenever he does go to the draft, that he would be viewed as a higher end running back, just from what he's been able to do uh, in a conference that is clearly loaded with defensive future NFL players. Um, so, like the Heisman part is is interesting. Uh, just the championship caliber team is interesting. I'm I'm, I'm very curious where he goes, but you would think he's certainly going to be highly sought after. Um, and, and is this a thing where he already knows the destination? I mean, they're not going to come yeah. out and ever say that, but there's times where, and you see it a lot early in the transfer portal where a name's in and it's the next day or a couple days later and like, and they've committed to interschool here. Um, so huh. the, is the Judkins will be, uh, of all of the interesting transfer stories you've had this year, I think you have a late last second shot right at the end of the clock type winner for me of my interest level to see where he goes. 
because uh, like I said, there's going to be a lot of really talented teams already that certainly would be interested uh, in adding him. And those are your headlines today. Uh, this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line uh, from Bobby Hot Dogs. Clint, can you please have BPE record you saying, Suck it, Steve. Your team's poor. That drop is an all-timer and will be sorely missed. Yeah, we do need that. We need uh yeah, we need the uh, DPE's gotta be on the on the lookout for uh some of those kind of standards. And and those things come over time, obviously. because <laughs> uh, there was a whole there was a whole folder full of those that went away when I came around and we created a whole folder of them. But yeah, we need <laughs> we need something akin to that because uh the good news is yeah. y'all are the two that I mean I, I I've got a good feeling that the no list say what you were gonna say up. the first what were you gonna say in the first sentence you 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 made a face you stopped and you changed what you were gonna say I was gonna say y'all are the <laughs> gift that keeps on giving okay. I mean uh, <laughs> well I like it uh, you also had this uh, a little bit ago from Bet- Brett McMurphy now this has been in the works uh, for a while. Um, and has really, you know, picked up seeing the past couple of days. It was just a matter of when on the announcement, but Brett McMurphy tweeting, uh, just a few minutes ago, the Kansas state, uh, offensive line coach, Connor Riley, who was promoted to offensive coordinator, um, for the bowl game after Colin Klein left for Texas A&M and former Texas tech, uh, head coach, Matt Wells, who's been in Oklahoma the past two seasons has been hired and they will be co-offensive coordinators Connor Riley, of course, will be co-OC offensive line coach. Matt Wells, co-OC and quarterback coach. So that is in the books and official. Matt Wells staying in the Big 12. Yeah, and good for him because I, you know, I assume he's been an analyst the last couple of years. And so this gets him back. Um, I'm, I'm right about that, right? That he was an analyst? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. what I was thinking. Um they, you know, this gets him back in the game and gets him on a staff, and and uh, you know, I, I certainly wish him well. Um, um, you know, I, mo- most of the time when they're not playing us, of course, but you know, there was nothing about Coach Wells as a as a human being that I wished ill of. Uh, you know, so it's good to see him on a staff, and and uh, yeah, I think there was something. Um, what I see, I'm trying to think of the source on this. I don't remember where it was, but um, Kansas State and Utah are maybe the two, uh, like Vegas odds type favorites to win the Big 12 football. No, no, no. They were the highest two. We'll be right that- back with more Tech Talk next year on Double T 97.3. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday afternoon. Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Brennan Riker with us behind the glass taking care of us. And keep hitting us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions. And don't forget, you can take us anywhere with the mobile app. It's brought to you by Happy State Bank. We're also streaming live on Fox 34 News now and on YouTube if you'd like to see our Bright and shining faces, along with the voices. Uh, you know, you mentioned the the Big 12 bowl slate and talked a little bit about Iowa State uh, getting beat by Memphis. But just as a whole, 
Gus, and we're still, to me, technically in season wrap-up mode for the Big 12, although not not so much for Texas Tech because, you know, it hasn't been a full month's time that's passed yeah. since you played your bowl game, but it feels like three months have passed since you last played a game. Um, but just as a whole, what did you take away from the Big 12 bowl slate this year? Yeah, I, I was uh... – I thought there were just good, some good, solid, um, you know, brand wins. Um, the, you know, and it it was hard. I mean, the, your your boys, you took care of their business. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the Red Raider, and it's so much easier to, uh, it's so much easier to, you know, to kind of hang on, hang on um, your. You know, it just feels so much better to talk about it and process it when our team won our bowl. You know, yeah, um, yeah and and, I, and that's think, the thing. Like, since you since you were the one that started it all off, I feel like how how your bowl game, at least for me, like how your bowl game went, was going to be a good indicator if I was sour on bowl season the rest of the time, or like right? oh, I'm more interested because it doesn't matter because you won yours. Well, and yeah, you're you're exactly right. I think. You know, the, the, I mean, West Virginia, man, you know, they continued their good, their good deal. You know, the Neil Brown thing, I mean, just so, you know, I mean, we, he was this time last year, he was hot, hot seat central mm-hmm. and, and really started two years ago with a warm seat, um, there. And, uh, it went from, you know, warm to hot, but buyouts and things were big. And then they put together a good year and then capped it. Got the mayonnaise dumped on his head. Oh, yeah. I was kind of wondering about that, and I, I don't. And and I, I've thought about this on the Duke's mayonnaise thing. Um, not a big mayonnaise eater here. I'm not opposed to it. Just not usually. I'm going for the mustard instead of the mayo. And so, but the the Duke's was a brand I had zero familiarity with. Never had never heard of it. And then they started sponsoring a bowl, and now I know about it. And so, I guess if there's a measure of, you know. Does does sponsor in a bowl game work or not? I guess it does, you know, because <laughs> and now at, that's at the staple condiment that, in yeah. the Gustafson household, right? Yeah, yeah no, you're, probably you're, not <laughs> again because it's it's mayonnaise. Probably not again. It, it We're a Duke's family. But, Get out of here with that helmet. Yeah. And I wondered about that, like, because because it, it seemed a little thin in terms of what they dumped on his head. Because you know, you know, after mm-hmm. that bowl, and again, you know that 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 sort of got. um you know, maybe I think like a minor league sports type, um, <laughs> you know, I guess yeah. maybe specifically minor league baseball kind of approach to yeah. some of it, eating the pop tart and all, you know, um, and, and maybe that's a little flash to the future in terms of those uh, bowls that aren't playoff games, you know, I don't really necessarily gimmick and I don't mean gimmicky necessarily like in a bad way, but just, you know, maybe kind of how they have to do business that they have to reach a little bit more for, for uh, you know a hook there but you know regardless i thought what they dumped on his head looked a little too thin but i could see that maybe they had to put a little water in there to get it to pour because you don't want to just like you know you tip the bucket up and it nothing comes out it probably wouldn't be nearly the uh, viral moment that, uh... I, was, I was gonna say and i don't for some reason at that point like i i'm trying to put myself because of, of of all the things that get dumped on people um, yeah. for like, just narrow it down to the bowl game, right? Because you have a few bowls that like you get filled, whatever that product is and you dump it on the coach, right? You win. Um, that's the worst one. And I'm trying to think mm-hmm. of just things in general 
that I would not want poured on me head first and mayonnaise would be high on that list even outside of just the condiment world if you're having it where it's like a normal thing of mayonnaise right and you tip it over to to dunk it and now you have time to think about it because it just makes like a like a sponge type noise and doesn't move at all it's a good chance i'm probably getting out of there anyways but i've always thought you should do some of those like like the uh like the duke's mayo one specifically you need to do that like fantasy football style. You should dunk that on the loser. Ooh. That should be a punishment. That shouldn't be a oh, celebration. Oh, I got it. Okay, yeah. Right. Good job, North yeah. Carolina. Way not to show up. Here you go, Mac Brown. Mayonnaise. Yeah, come on, Mac Brown. Heck yeah, that's that's good. I yeah, I'm thinking about that. That might that might be next level thinking there. And the usually nobody wants to be around the the losing coach in that situation. But uh, yeah, I, I was impressed by OSU beating AM, and I know that was a a transition deal there, but. You know, just just going toe to toe with A and M's talent, you know, because mm-hmm. we know they've got a bunch of it, and taking care of them, they they continue. I mean, both of those bowls were played on the same day. I was thinking about that. That was a Wednesday that we were we were in Nashville, but I was in Nashville with my family. But I remember keeping an eye on both of those bowl games, and I remember ending up in one of the bars on Broadway. There was a dude in an OSU shirt, and I was like, dapped him up, like, "Hey, nice win, man." You know, mm-hmm. and I was like, "I don't know." He was working on a pretty girl over there, so I don't assume he was. Uh, I assume he <laughs> and you was got you walking up score, like, but... uh, no, let me let me compliment you on your bowl win. Yeah, I wanted <laughs> to here. talk to him about their run game, and he was not interested in all that. No, he was he was fine. <laughs> Tell me about Ollie Gordon. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, uh, he was he was busy. Um, but uh, yeah, and then and then the, you know the 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 I, I was really I mean I was thinking about Big Twelve three whatever we are three now as I watched Arizona put it on OU, they looked impressive. And, uh, you know, Arizona, you know, that that's good-looking team, good-looking operation, you know, head coach, interesting story. And I'm sure somebody will spend a lot of time on over the, you know, certainly over the summer months. But, uh, you know, that dude's done a big-time job, and his name was already he, – he was floated on the early A&M list, probably among others, and he may, he may get floated for other jobs as well. But uh, – um, boy, what a what a turnaround that is! And that Arizona deal, deal looked like a feel good story in the post game situation down there at Alamo Bowl. It, it um, is it is crazy that you know you go from an Arizona program before hiring Jed Fish, and you know of course it's not going to go well year one. Um, what did they win a game? It was expected to where it felt like they were on life support. The one the not only instant turnaround that they've had for Arizona, but now an instant turnaround for Arizona. And you, I think you ask, I don't know, 80% of the people that are big 12 fans for next year. Um, and we'll talk about this plenty as we get more into the year and into the summer. And we do our look into uh, the big 12 season and all that, but you go, Hey, top three teams that you're worried about next year. And Arizona started right. to get thrown around a lot. So it's not just like a, a turnaround where they're a, a program. That's not just a laughing stock. A program that feels like it's got potency instantly right yeah. now so it's... Well, i couldn't agree more I, I agree that that's that's a good way to describe it and i mean like you know i, I knew that they were a good story but I, after watching them they look fast and just organized and everything and you know of course i, I wasn't digging deep into their roster to know how many of these dudes are leaving or sure. this or that or whatever but if i was you know i i would assume that um they'll you know because they had um, the, the, the TV commentary during that bowl game was about how they had 
you know, done a lot of work in the portal over the two years prior to that. And so, um, you know, your number one was rebuild the offense. Your number two was rebuild the defense. And the defense was flying around the other day against OU. Looked impressive. So, yeah, it's hard to uh, hard to imagine they're not going to be one of the one of the teams coming into this league that won't. I, I would think that these four teams entering the league next year are going to be a little bit be- better positioned to compete and win games than the four that entered last year. Yeah, maybe outside of Arizona State. Uh, and, and yeah, no, I, yeah, I agree. But I just saying as yeah. a group, sure, sure, yeah. As oh, from top to bottom, no, no question. Um, yeah. and that that's across pretty much all all sports in the Big Twelve, not just uh, yeah. football. So uh, I'm excited for it to get here. I'm ready for the new Big Twelve, the new new Big Twelve. Yeah, let me I let me too. get that right. I'm too. Yeah. <laughs> Really, if you're doing counts, it's like the thrice new Big 12. We need a three in there. It is. Yeah, I agree. Gosh. Crazy times. It's Tech Talk on Double T97.3 and DoubleT97.3.com. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Also the Double T 97.3 mobile app. That's brought to you by Happy State Bank. I'm live from the First United Bank studio. Gus at the mobile First United Bank studio. And Brendan Riker behind the glass taking care of us. Six o'clock tonight after we're done, we'll hand you right off to the first edition of Red Raider Basketball with Grant McCaslin. Uh... Starting Big 12 play on Saturday. Be a tough way to start at Texas, but you've had success against Texas on the road, winning four of the last five. Uh, still trying to win in the new place for the first time. Uh, hopefully you get that done on Saturday. You can hear that at 6 o'clock on Double T 97.3. Gus, we got this question on the Yates Flooring Center chat line from Paolo. Uh, how big of a slap in the face... Would it be to the current Big 12 schools if one of the newcomers were some kind of powerhouse and win the conference? Um, I mean, they're coming from another Power 5 conference, so I don't think it would be just stunning. I mean, if, if three or four of them come in here, or let's say three, come in here and run the thing and they're the two teams playing in the conference championship or something, that would set off a... Uh, Oh, that would set off another level of uh, noise, of uh, internet noise. You know, if if let's just say for, you know, for the for to illustrate m- my response, Paolo, the you know if, if uh, Arizona and uh, Utah are playing in the championship game next December, that would probably not be a great look. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're coming in from a Power Five conference, so it's you know they they these teams have gone toe to toe with. You know, the, the, uh, I say toe to toe, but they've come in and played and had their, you know, very levels of success with USC, UCLA, uh, you know, the Oregon Washington deal. I mean, those two as good as anybody around the country. And so, you know, that I, I don't think they're going to walk into this league and be, be, you know, maybe be subjected to what, uh, the, the other four, the last year's four. Um, enter in the league and you know a, a lot of our predictions and you could probably say that most of this held true or that you know they're they're just not you know they've they've never really dealt with the week to week 
grind that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the, well, I think the, I don't think we'd say that about these Pac-10 schools. They're going to come in. There may be some differences about it. Travel may be different, this and that, whatever. But I don't think they're going to walk in and, and just be dazzled by what they see here in the way that maybe, you know, the UCF, Houston, those guys had to deal with that. You know, they, there's no real way to prep for that. I, I don't think. Yeah, I, I guess it, it won't bother me if it is Utah and Arizona. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not calling this. I'm just saying it. Let's say you jump to the end of next season and it is Utah and Arizona in the big 12 championship game. Just cause one, cause I mean, like you said Utah and they're getting Cameron rising back. Who's played a yeah. lot of football. Um, I think when you look at programs that have their quarterback spot nailed down in a really good way, right now it feels like Arizona uh, and Utah, and then you have a Utah program that just won a conference championship two years ago and took down a really U- a really good USC team down twice to do it. They've had success yep. since they've been in the Pac-12. Arizona is going to be coming in as a ranked opponent. I mean, they're top twenty this year, uh, and I mean close and near yeah, but- near near to top ten. So. That that won't bother me as much, but if you have a combination of any kind where it's three of the new teams, um, that just you know, let's say Utah and Arizona go to the Pac twelve or to the Big Twelve championship game, excuse me, and then like Colorado comes and immediately has like, boy, it was Utah and Arizona and Colorado was just on the outside looking in. That's where I think it starts to be a bad look. Like if yeah, it's Arizona State or Colorado that immediately have uh, success in the first couple of years. And the other side of the question is too, I'm not trying to try to pick at it or anything. When I think of powerhouse, I guess I think you've had to have had time to establish yourself. And so I don't think anyone, regardless of who wins the big 12, whether it's a new face or an old face, I don't think anyone could establish themselves as a powerhouse until you've had a few seasons of them doing it regularly. Yeah, that's a good point. I agree. I mean, because you never know what, uh, you know, who's just got a good senior club or like you said about rising, you know, a senior quarterback that's just that's ready to win. Who knows? I mean, he's got to stay healthy. Sure. But, um, um, you know, that's – yeah, that, that's – it's a great point. I mean, but yeah, it's, it, I mean, the, you know, who 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 does this thing for a while, who adjusts to the travel and the new – Big 12 and just the, the the setup of the schedule with some teams having some permanent rivals and others that you play three times and others you play two. I mean, all those things we've talked about over the last couple months, you know, this it's there's there's a level of, of interest and intrigue with this. Just, you know, in the, in the first trips to um, to some of those places, of course, we've done this with um, Colorado before and, and uh, going way, way decades back with um, – Arizona, but uh, you know we we've certainly in the recent past played at Arizona, Arizona State. That's not a grinding travel, you know. Still, the West Virginia and I assume Orlando trips are probably you know longer trips and more ordeal than than what it's going to be to get to those two Arizona schools. Mm-hmm. You know something else I'm interested, in? and I don't know if they, I don't know if they play next year on the schedule, but now you have not just one, but two of the longest tenured college football coaches in your conference, speaking of Utah, because, of course, Gundy's been around forever and Whittingham has been 
uh, around forever. And the other one that's in that conversation uh, is Ference over at Iowa. Of course, you had uh, Northwestern in that conversation until this year. Um, but now it's like, I, and I don't, I say that because I, off the top of my head, I can't remember in what order. I think it's Ference, Whittingham, and then Gundy. I think, you know, if there, only there was something in front of me that could confirm that. But r- regardless, you have yeah, two sure. two coaches now in the conference who have been around forever. Um, th- and that'll be just an interesting matchup too, just because you have a team again in Utah that's coming over that has a lot of success, knows how to win. I also think that their play style under Whittingham, the way that they play physically and that they typically year in and year out can lean on a really good defense um, uh, against, you know, Oklahoma State and Gundy, who's just been, I mean, the picture of consistency where their lows aren't all that low. And on the other side, their highs haven't just been, you know, playoff high by any means, but um, top of the conference type highs. So it, that that's an interesting thing to me in the new Big Twelve. Yeah, that that's that's an interesting point. Um, it really is, and yeah, we, you know, Dickens and I said it, and you were you were there for this. I mean, this goes back to two summers ago when I started, but you know, somewhere in there, I said if the our next fifteen years, or if McGuire's fifteen years, or what Gundy's fifteen years are, or which is it's more than fifteen now, but. You know, I think you take that, you know, playing for conference championships and New Year's six bowls and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it. Um, you know, they've got what we want. I mean, how many in, in the how many programs in the Big Twelve could say that about Oklahoma State? Like, what man? Yeah. We would have loved to have had their couple of decades um, yeah. that they've had over there in Stillwater. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. It's Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Keep hitting us up on the Yates Morning Center chat line. Back with more next. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It's Tech Talk here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. Happy Thursday to you, Clint Scott. Dr. Mike Gustafson, Brennan Riker behind the glass, Red Raider basketball with Grant McCaslin coming up after us at 6 o'clock, hour and 15 out from that. Uh, and he'll, of course, take a look in at what the non-conference slate has held for the Red Raiders and, more importantly, what lies ahead. They'll take on Texas at Texas, 6 o'clock, double T on Saturday to start Big 12 play. Uh, Gus, as, as we look in... Two Big Twelve play for these Red Raiders. What do we What do we know about this team? Well, I, I I'm nervous about their depth, especially inside. You know, and on a day on um, and, and obviously that's the you know losing a six foot ten guy to an ACL injury is just less than ideal, of course. But mm-hmm. um, that that concerns me. I'm, I'm less concerned about guard depth, I guess. Although they don't need to be losing any good players or any of their better scores, because one of the things they're doing right now is shooting the ball pretty well, and you know sharing it, and the really nice assist to turnover thing that they've got going. And um, you know, there's some of those aspects that are that are you know that they've been that that are a strength. Not always going to shoot the ball well. They know that. You know, there's going to be days where they don't light it up on the, you know, and, and you would think that that's probably uh, on the road, that they're not going to come out and, 
and towards the three-point line, you know, maybe on the road more so than at home. And so then, you know, what can they turn to? Um, but right now, they, you know, that they've been really interesting to watch how much they share the ball and, you know, fire it around and get open looks and, and guys knocking down shots. I mean, it's that's all been great. I, I, uh, I do worry about the day that, you know, Washington gets into some foul trouble. I mean, that that's, that's going to be a problem. And they've had stretches where they've gone small and done really good things. But, you know, the better teams in a league like ours are going to be the ones that can play, you know, play to any style. Mm-hmm. Like your Jayhawks can obviously, oh, you want to go up and down? Well, we got people that can do that. Okay, you want to you want to grind this thing out and go slow and play big? They can do that, you know. And that's that's how you get the Final Fours and 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 all that that kind of stuff and be really good in March and into April. But I, I uh, you know, I I think they're I'm I'm fascinated. I'm so intrigued by them. You know, impressed by the job the coach Coach McCaslin is doing and just his team. You know, and and. Uh, it's it's really fun to be thinking about them as a basketball team and not like a the series of dramas and stuff that we were dealing with this time last year. Uh, you know, just the level of gossip that was flying around. It's uh, it seems to be a lot quieter this year, and that's just wonderful. We can just talk about basketball. You know, your first opponent with Texas was some of the things you were talking about that I'm you know also concerned about. I think everyone has from the start is hey, well, you know, what do you do? against teams with size. Another thing you pointed out, what do you do on the road? Because this is your second true road game this year. The other one, of course, being against Butler that you fall in overtime uh, against. Texas is uh, in a similar boat that a lot of Big 12 teams are, and you're included with that, where you know they're a ranked team, right? So maybe this is a little bit different, but they're one of the numerous Big 12 teams that have a, an overall very positive record, just a couple of losses, but those couple of losses were to, to me, far and away the best teams that they played. Um, and, and there's teams that you can run up and down the Big 12 that feel the same way. You've done that. Uh, TCU's done that. Cincinnati's done that. Kansas State has done that. Um, to where it's, you know, you maybe when you look from top to bottom of, of Big 12 play, to to me, it, it feels like the Big 12 will be decided between uh, Houston, Kansas, and Baylor. Um, and then you have a lot of really good teams that feel like locks to me in the tournament, like maybe your Oklahomas or BYU, which, I mean, both of those you can put as surprises, but I, I feel like that they will have been, especially with, with where they're starting out right now, already heading into Big 12 play in the top 25, unless there was a complete, complete meltdown, those are tournament teams. And then you have... Uh, solid programs that have great chances at the tournament, like your Iowa States and, and your, your Texas in there, and then uh, like a TCU, something like that. And and I I would like to think that you're going to be in that conversation where you're you're a tournament team and, and you're just trying to fight away some of that bubble talk all year. But from the size, like your first opponent, and it being on the road with seeing how do you you know play on the road offensively is a Texas team that that's their strength. Like, they've got good guards. Don't don't get me wrong. Max Abmus, Tyrese Hunter, excellent players, and you're going to have your handfuls, uh, your your hands full with them. But, I mean, they've got 6'11", 6'9", 6'8", and they're all really good down low. And so yeah. this is a very interesting test to start off Big 12 play, and it's on the road. Um, so, you know, how do you hang with these guys? And I don't think Texas um, is elite. Um I think they're very good, um, but 
you also have guys that like like Brock Cunningham, which ugh, as I say that name just makes me want to shudder. Feels like he's been there a decade, and and so yeah. you, you've got some holdovers on this Texas team too, mixed in with some of the new and talented guys that they brought in through the portal. Um, but that that size question, I feel like, is going to get tested right off the bat in Big Twelve play. Yeah, I would assume Cunningham's about to play his against his third Texas Tech coach. <laughs> Isn't that right? I mean, yeah, I think yeah. The, uh-huh. the, the, the one that he also played for, and yeah, it's uh, yeah, he's he's bridged some gaps. Yeah, Texas net ranking forty-seven, Tech's fifty-one, so they're right there together at ninth and tenth in the conference. Tech, neither of these teams has a, has a quad one win. Tech has a quad two win against Michigan. And uh, Texas doesn't have that. And so we, you know, the the winner of this game is um, going to represent probably the other team's best win of the year. Mm-hmm. Now, we're about to enter into a conference schedule, which there's tons of other opportunities. And, in fact, that was one of the – I think we, we've seen in the last couple of days, Joey Lenardi's got, what, seven teams, and Tech was one of the bubble teams. I think mm-hmm. maybe we were first four out at this point. Yeah, there was a heap uh, of the, big 12 teams in that kind of – yeah, sitting and on I the think outside it's a, looking you know, in. It could be a seven, eight team league. You know, we'll, we'll see. Um, you know, ho- hopefully that's right. I did see something about strength of schedule, like that that the Big Twelve occupies like the top twelve spots in the national uh, strength of schedule ranking or something like that. It was something absurd like that. Um, but that just speaks to how good the league is, and it's which is everything. Everything that we were were sort of told it was going to be, it, it appears to be, and uh, you know, I, I'm I'm just you know th- this this thing's going to be. I mean, it, it feels like th- this thing is going to be one of those situations. I think AD and I had talked about this before Christmas, but it's also like you could take our schedule and 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 go. All right, here's the games you can't lose, and it's not. Oh, you got to go win that. You got to go upset Baylor in there somewhere or whatever. Hey, that'd be great. But, um, um, but it's, it's like, no, you got to circle those Oklahoma state and maybe now Kansas state, which is next Mm -hmm. week. And suddenly that's, you know, and you think about, all right, we got to protect our, you got to protect home floor. And if there's a slip up or two on the home floor, are there that many, you know, road games that you can gain? You know, because mm-hmm. the closer to 500 in a league like this, the better chance you got to be in in because of strength of schedule. And um, I'm fascinated by it. I mean, I hope they're healthy enough, just the day in, day out grind. I hope they're healthy enough that they can, you know, have a chance to really compete and do things. But I'm, I'm as intrigued. I cannot wait for those, those uh, home games next week um, because they're two compelling games right off the bat. And they're two sort of must win games, not because they're big ranked teams. So it's like, you can't lose to those two teams at home or it's going to set a different course for the, um, the outlook on this team. If they lose those two games at home next week. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think there's clearly a lot of importance in taking care of business against the Oklahoma States. And like to your point, Kansas state uh, next week and, and soon on the schedule. Um, I, for me, I'm, I'm waiting to circle like what must-win games are. It's to me, it's more you have a must-win total you have to reach. Like you have to be 500 in the league. Yeah. Um, and so part of that does go into well, you need to take care of the bottom of the league. You need to beat Oklahoma State twice. You need to beat UCF twice. You need to beat West Virginia. Yes. Kansas State at home feels like a really big opportunity to pick up a conference win. Who I think Kansas State's a program that's going to be saying the same thing. 
because I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Um, where they're going, well, we, we got to fight off the bubble the whole time. Uh, we'll see what happens. That game will be on uh, against Texas on Saturday, 6 o'clock. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Welcome back to Tech Talk. 30 more minutes with us here on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3. Dot com, Clint Scott, Dr. Mike Gustafson, Brennan Riker, Behind the Glass, Red Raider Basketball with Grant McCaslin, 30 minutes out at 6 o'clock, uh, which means 30 more minutes to hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. All your thoughts, comments, and get your questions in for Ask Tech Talk. We'll take all of those in 15 minutes. All right, we did get this on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Uh, from Steven, here's some West Texas sacrilege. Maybe there should be barbecue helper. Amen. Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah, I kn- you knew where Riker was going to come in on that. Um, <laughs> I, the, the only thing I'd say about it is, you know, the 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 best barbecue probably doesn't need what what bar what hamburger helper has to offer. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I say that as you know, I'm. I mean, when I was Brennan's age, I was all over the the hamburger helper stuff, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine getting a nice slice of, a uh, couple slices of brisket over there at Rudy's and then going, man, only if I had some cheesy powder to throw on here, you know, to, <laughs> it is just, now, now maybe if it's some chopped up deal, three days old, dried out a little bit. Now we're mixing it in and kind of, kind of, you know, bringing a little life to some leftovers or something. I'll, I'll have that conversation. Yeah, you know what these burnt ends really need is is some um, is a powder, and then I mix it in with uh, water and milk. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. That, that that's said nobody ever. But yeah, the the you know again, if if you're trying to breathe life into some three day old leftover dried out some you know meat barbecue deal then maybe i'd have that conversation i i gotta say if i'm sitting down anywhere eating anywhere doesn't matter type of food the place the level of food if i sit down in a group and one of the people i'm with pulls out a packet of dried powdered cheese i'm not talking to that person ever again (laughs) yeah that guy's a psychopath like you just got pocket powder pocket powder cheese (laughs) Uh, just rolling around in his everyday life. Uh, Bobby Hot Dog said, doesn't surprise me about the Kansas Walmarts. Kansas is in black and white after all, per the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> That's true. You cross the state border and it just goes into that immediately. Um, Steven said, went to Super Wally in Dodge City from home of Bob's Burgers or Garden City from Ulysses. Clean, you should love West Texas versus Kansas. I do love West Texas. Why do you think I'm still here? If I didn't like it, I'd leave. Uh, this from the new big 12, if they were to have success, um, we were talking about earlier, wouldn't it show we pick good teams to join would rather they come in and compete to show how deep the conference is than to be doormats. So I agree with that on, like, I'm not sitting here going, I hope, I hope Utah or Arizona, I hope, I hope they win, but you do, I guess from a conference view I would think want them to have some sort of success and not be what the new four are just so you 
are viewed a little bit higher if you were to see them and beat them uh, in the new college football playoff. Because even though there's 12 spots, we all, we all know it's going to be tough to get to in, from the Big 12 in there, right? Like it's going to be weighed down by the SEC right. and the Big 12. Um, and you have your spot there with the Big 12 champion. But if you're not the Big 12 champion, um, you know, you, you've got to be in that mix and it's going to be difficult to consistently be there. So if everybody that comes in sucks and drags it, you know, it down even farther and away from that, that's not helpful. Now, to the whole look in if 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 it's Colorado or Arizona State coming in and having a bunch of success, the weaker uh of the four, then individually from programs, I think that you're having uh, an issue because they weren't supposed to have that type of success coming in, right? Um, Arizona and Utah are, and, and Arizona's a little bit newer in this conversation as we've watched them this season, but you knew Utah was going to be someone that's talked about, um, as a, as a favorite to compete, to win the conference next year. And so if all of a sudden Colorado or Arizona state's doing that, then that's where I think that's a bad look when you go to each individual program that's been here. Yeah. Can't, can't agree more that, that, uh, I mean, that they all come in and that they're quality teams. And, you know, just, just what I think I'm hearing you say is if they all come in and they're, you know, seven, eight win teams, that's great. But don't be, don't be get stepping in between my team and, uh, you know, the, the ivory tower and the golden, you know, the golden carpet and all those things, you know, don't, don't, uh, don't, don't push, don't push out some legacy big 12 teams out of the championship game as they come walking in here, but I'm fine mm-hmm. with them being good because it is, it's, it's, it's got a, uh, it would reflect the note of, uh, you know, just pumping up the value of them. I mean, because, you know, as we settle into big 12, 3.0, we haven't even got, we didn't really settle into 2.0, but <laughs> we've wrapped our brains around it. Cause we've played, we've seen the football season take place with these teams. That's part of the picture, but, you know, the, this 3.0 is all about 2.0 and then 3.0, especially uh, with those four corners teams. It's all about the next media rights thing, you know, another mm-hmm. five years down the road and then how much value can be pumped into that negotiation. So, um, you, you know, uh, and you, you would think that those four teams would be part of the more valuable properties in the conference i'm not saying they step in at number one two three and four but i don't think they're going to be down there at the bottom of the league either and and again we've never really been fully uh able to establish we don't have the insight into the uh um you know to the to the company that 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 determines all of that the the high flying consultant that does all that work but um you know to know exactly how, how why is Texas Tech valued a little more than Iowa State or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't we don't know that. And I say that value, I mean as a media rights property, um, which is what a lot of this stuff runs rotates around. But I, I think the uh um you know, the, these four corner teams coming in and being valuable and having some success is not a bad thing. Coming in and ruling the roost probably a little bit much for my taste right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But come on in and get bowl eligible and do good things in December and you know, we know we know that we're bringing in one of the four, one of the four basketball properties that's coming in in Arizona is going to step right to the front of the line. Oh, I mean, they're going to do. They're going to be. Think about. They're going to be Houston. I mean, you're bringing in an absolute monster on the yes, court. Absolutely. That, that is, um, 
not just a a new face to having big time success in collegiate basketball. I, I mean, um, they're they're going to come in to me and be what Utah is in football, where they're going to be a new face that whenever you come, and I I don't know who it'll end up being um, for who's picked to win the Big Twelve whenever we do the media voting and all that next year for football. But Utah is going to get some votes. Next year in basketball, Arizona is going to get some votes, and deservedly so. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, we talked about that earlier, the, the the two teams with the best odds to win next year's football national championship, the two Big 12 teams right now, just Vegas odds, are K-State and Utah. Yeah. So, um, it, it's, it's, it's good and bad. It's just good for the conference, but, it's, boy, there's someone else that's just going to be – whether you're seeing them at your place or going there, that's just roll your eyes having to deal with it. And an already from Arizona, the basketball side, an already just, you know, mouthful of teeth type of conference here. Yeah. You, you didn't know you could have more teeth, but here you go. And, <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I think, uh, I mean, the next thing we've got to look forward to, I guess, is our football actual schedule. We know who we're going to play. We know where we're going to play them next year. Yeah, we know that kind of thing. That matrix was released back in November, I think, before Thanksgiving, earlier earlier part of November. And then, you know, what's the basketball situation going to look like? You know, and I'm sure it'll be stepped into sort of like what we got with football. Here's who you're going to play. We don't know when and where and all those specifics yet. Um, but, you know, that, that'll be fascinating to see how that plays out and who you're, who you're playing twice and who you're only playing once because there's going to be a lot more pieces to that puzzle. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at double T 97.3.com.